the beginning of my career, HR was looked at as a necessary evil. And now it's completely flipped to where HR is the driving force for how companies grow and expand. Don't conduct your analysis in isolation because data is so incredibly powerful. Not defending just the tribe, but defending the organization. Those creative people that you really want to keep empowered, keep excited, keep motivated, keep thinking. A good experience pays dividends down the line. Stereotypes tend to break down in proximity. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast about human resources, business, technology, and the workplace. My name is Ben Eubanks, your host, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey everyone, Ben Eubanks here, host of We're Only Human, and so glad to have you. Today we're going to have a good conversation. If you've followed me for any length of time, one of the things I'd love to talk about are our skills. And yes, I, I'm a nerd, I'll admit it. But I love talking about skills and how we can use those to make better decisions at work. What if you could tell what the skills are that your people have so that you could tap into those whenever you need them for a project, for building a team, for solving a problem at the business level? So today we're going to dig into that in the discussion today, talk about it in some actionable and practical ways. I'm really excited to have Eric Storm here from Starmind on the podcast to talk about this. Welcome, Eric. Hey, Ben. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing, doing phenomenal, sir. Glad to have Good. you here. And as Good I'm saying you. your name out loud, it makes you sound like an action hero. I'm sure I heard that one before. <laughs> Eric Storm, oh, yeah. the novel. Here we go. <laughs> so tell us who you are and what you do just to get us started. Yeah, Eric Storm. I lead the organization's American arm for Starmind. I have a personally a unique background. I've been in recruiting. I've been in recruiting tech. I've been sold workspaces. I've sold end user experience tools. And it's all led me to, to Starmind, where I actually two days ago celebrated my full one-year anniversary, which is really exciting. Our goal is to essentially utilize AI to empower organizations to maximize on their most important asset, which is the human beings that, that are employed by that organization. Maximizing not only what they can do with the skills that they have, but also encourage them to, to grow and expand their skill set to, to potentially grow both internally with the organization and personally as well. I love that. Um, so we're going to wrap in a couple things that I love yeah. today because the AI piece is one of the things I also know and love. Yep. Um, it's funny. This morning, I actually had a call with a, a woman from France. She's actually doing her dissertation and she's doing some research on AI and skills and learning. And this is like candy for me. This is how I'm getting a chance to talk about everything I love. And then you and I get to do it all over again. But one of the things you just said reminded me of something she was asking. She said, how does AI factor into this thing about people wanting to know more, wanting to learn? Do people actually want to learn and grow? And I'm like, my belief is yes. Absolutely. I think the evidence shows that people want to learn, want to grow. And uh, so again, sorry, I'll take a little side segue there down a rabbit trail. Not the last one, I promise you. Yeah, so. no, I agree with you. And I think uh, you can look at it two ways, right? You can look at it as people that are in your organization that want to grow are going to leverage any platform or any tool or any learning and enablement software to be better. And the folks that don't, won't. <laughs> so you can like, identify who's the most eager employee, who's really bought into the company mentality just by who's looking to really advance. Yeah. Yes. So one of the things, let's talk about the skills piece because I, I don't want to jump too far down into yeah. <laughs> the, the technology stuff because again, that's where I, my default is. That's what I love. That's what I do day to day. So let's take a step back for a second and talk about the skills piece. Most companies I talk to 
are struggling in some form or fashion. Either they're, they're like, we don't even know where to start or we're starting, but it's way harder than we thought it was. We're trying to understand the skills of our people and it's, it's, not, it's not easy to do. Talk about why that's such a challenge, uh, what the limits are of just trying to do that with raw human power. And uh, we'll explore that a little bit before we, go, before we go deeper into how to take advantage of that. Yeah, you hit it on the head. Right now, companies are utilizing outdated platforms and outdated ways to really capture these skills. And even when they have them, uh, every human is flawed and every human has a different perception of themselves than potentially what they truly, truly have as a skill, right? So if you're utilizing platforms where you're self-identifying skills, I might say I'm better at something because I think I'm better at something, but, but the, the data would prove that I'm not. So there's that side of it. There's other ways that organizations are looking to identify skills, whether it's through reviews or project plans and things like that. And these things become outdated. They're not, there's no true like insight data that's coming out of it. It's very in the line, skill A, skill B, skill C. The problem is even when you have that, right? So it's personally, it's loaded by the people that are self-identifying or through, through their bosses identifying skills, how do you feed that and how do you help them grow those skills into sort of their next role or how do you take those skills and, and map out the organization uh, for the future? And that's where I think a lot of things are just truly getting lost. So you mentioned the self-identification and I definitely agree, right? Where it's, I've laughed, I've probably told the story on the podcast before, but I still flash back when I talk about self-identified skills. There was a person that I brought in for an interview years and years ago for an engineering role. And he brought along with him this big binder. Now, what is this thing? And he opens it up at the end of the interview. And it's like, Hey, look, here's all the training classes I took. And the, the person <laughs> was very nice, but during the conversation, they kept jumping in and talking over all the other interviewers. They actually told the interviewers like flat out, Hey, you're wrong about that. Even though they were not. And uh, so they were like <laughs> in your face. And the very first thing he opens his binder up, the very first thing on top of that for a training class he had taken was for interpersonal skills. I was like, Oh, that. Okay. So yeah. I laugh about that because we think we're better at things than we are. And the other way I, I see a lot of companies doing this is actually our research. We did a study last year about how companies identify the skills of people and the number one way they're doing that is having a manager say, okay, Eric has A, B, and C as skills. And again, the problem with that is very similar. Research shows we have a lot of biases and how we make decisions and how we, you know, even how we, what clothes we choose to wear and where we eat decisions about that are biased, much less about other people and what capabilities they have. So those things, the way we typically do it, they're not accurate. And there's some issues there with, with really getting to the, the actual root of that. And even beyond that, how many, if I asked you right now, point blank, think about the people that work on your team, how many skills do each of those people have and how deep do they go? It would be really hard to do that, much less for that second circle past them, that second you know, layer yeah. past them. So it's really hard to do that with human power. We just don't have that ability to juggle that much information and see that clarity uh, without being biased or without having some depth there. It's really tough to do. I completely agree with you. In addition, even if you try as a manager to identify the skills, there's probably thousands, if not you know, tens of thousands of skills that I could potentially align to each person. And likely the, whatever company is feeding me uh, a list of skills that I could check off or, or give a score to, that doesn't even come close to capturing all of the sort of out, outlying skills outside of the core five or six that my company wants me to measure. 
so talk about let's so we we get that that's a problem that's yeah. a, a real issue it's hard to measure them it's hard to know what those are so if we had those the ability to do that if we snapped our fingers and could actually understand and see the skills that people have what does that enable what opportunities that open up for an employer for a team for a manager to be able to actually leverage those things it, it falls in three ways right at an organizational level right at the tippy top through the direct manager for enabling career progression for their employees and then truly the employee themselves so at the top from an organizational level as the executive team is planning for the future three, five, 10 years down the road, what, what is our organization going to be? What is it going to become? And with that, what types of employees and what types of skills do our employees need to be able to operate in that way in five years, in 10 years? At a management level, I, or whatever manager, it really doesn't matter what function, but generally you try to keep your direct reports engaged and excited about working for you and, and the company by giving them sort of a line of sight into their next role. What, where do you wanna be in a year from now? Where do you wanna be in three years from now? So a manager can potentially take the current skills that they see in their employees and provide insight to either a learning and development platform or other internal jobs that might be open that person might soon be qualified for, giving sort of that, that excitement to come to work, to want to learn, to want to advance their career to, to their direct reports, which only in my opinion, makes that manager much more valuable to that employee because they're, they're, the manager then is looking out for that person's career. And then vice versa with that same relationship, an employee who, who might have some great skills wants to take the next step in their career. Uh, the company can identify what they've done in the last however many months or years within the organization, plus their resume from the past, combining all these skills together, you might be ready for this role. Should you take this class or should we, should we develop this new role, your skills aligned to that? The overarching theme is that essential, essentially workforce planning for each tier, that it's, it's accessed differently, it's utilized differently, but ultimately it, it, it's the same, the same scenario. That reminded me one of the things you said there about the manager really giving some excitement to that person because they're paying attention to their career and helping them to yep. grow and to learn. There's a, back in episode 24, we inter I interviewed a pair of authors that read, that written a book called The Best Team Wins. And one of the phrases from that book that stuck with me in the last couple of years since I interviewed them was, we all, every single one of us hates micromanagers. Someone who yeah. wants to stand over your shoulder and tell you, hey, you should have done it this way. You can do it that way. Here's my quote unquote advice, or I'm telling you how to do it this way. And none of us love that. But they said, if you will micromanage someone's career and help them and always be relentlessly focused on, on giving them support and mentorship and the resources they need to grow and advance their career, they'll love you for it. It's a little yep. different. You know, don't micromanage the work. Help them micromanage their career. And that's one of the things that popped out when you said that stuck with me because I, I feel like we managers often, because it's easier it's comfortable we default to really focusing on the work and only stressing about that and the, the person their job is to stress with the work whether <laughs> we, we pay them to worry about their yeah. work yeah I, I've, I've worked to focus on the, the leadership piece I, I i totally agree with you and i've worked in large companies you know multi-billion dollar companies before i've now i'm working in a startup environment 
and it's always the same, right? You, you always want to empower the people that are working for you and, and you can do that much easier by addressing their shortcomings, like not in a negative way, but in a, hey, you, these are areas where you could be better and you'll make yourself more valuable to the company should you improve them. I, I would love to hear that. I would love for my boss to tell me, you're, you, we love you, you're a great asset to the company, here's where we wanna work on, let's get this area a little bit better while you're still doing a great job on the other side. I loved hearing that when I was you know, a sales rep. I like hearing it now as a vice president from my leadership team. So it's definitely, it's definitely resonates with me the way you're saying it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was gonna say that there are wrong ways to do that. Hey, you need to work on these things. Good of luck, course. go figure that out. <laughs> but course. to say, we see, like you were saying a minute, the career pathing piece of that, we see a future for you. We see it, what you're lining up to be next exactly. because you are doing an amazing job. We can't wait for you to get to that, but here's the things that you need to, to fill in from a skills perspective in order to be ready for that. That's incredible. That's a great conversation too, because it's actionable versus saying you need to get ready for that next level. If you want to move up someday, you've got to be ready for what that entails. That's too vague, too general. No one can actually take an action to, to yep. fill those gaps, but to say you need A, B and C as skills. And here's how you can get them. Here's a mentor you can select on the company. Here's a, here's a resource we have for you, a training resource to be able to plug them into those actionable things. That gives yep. you a lot of control or at least a sense of control over your own destiny. And that's exciting for people. I, I love that piece of it. I, can, I, can I make a note on one thing you just said, which I, I also is a, just rang to me. You said finding a mentor internally, right? Which I think every company that I've worked for and that I know of, they have some sort of mentorship program. But imagine if you could match uh, a peer who had a deficiency in a certain skill set, was right for the job, could do the job, but match them up with that peer who had the opposite and they could teach each other. And, they, and some of the things that employee A has that are very strong, employee B is weak and vice versa and match those two up, then they're going to get better together, not just as a mentor-mentee relationship. But that all comes with understanding the skills that they, that they currently have. Absolutely. I've seen some fun stories about people doing that with upward mentoring or uh, reverse mentoring, whatever, whatever it's called, where you, peer, you pair someone up that is younger with someone who has more experience, but doesn't maybe doesn't think about things in the same way. Hey, by the way, the, the new tools we have, we can do that twice as fast as we used to do that manually. Let's talk about that. And, and at the same time, there's obviously good things coming from the person who has more experience down the line as well. There's a, uh, there's, oh gosh, we can go, we can stay on that for a long time. <laughs> we could. <laughs> One of the things, so we've talked around what Starmind does a little bit, but I want you to be specific if you don't mind. I want you to, to tell us how that works because I want to ask you, Obviously, it feeds in the conversation today, right? I'm, I'm, we're, we're talking around it a little bit, but I want you to talk about specifically what Starmind does for a second, because I want to ask you about some examples and, and some stories. I'm willing to bet you probably have a few of people using that to solve some problems around these skills, these pieces we've been talking about. So take a few minutes and tell us what Starmind does, how it works, and uh, how customers are using it. Yeah, so Starmind began as, uh, between two gentlemen, a neuroscientist and a computer scientist, and they wanted to find a way to seamlessly feed questions and, and get answers to, to neuroscience concepts and principles across a group of 50,000 neuroscientists globally. So the algorithm is built uh, on these neuroscience principles where concepts and words and tags and, and people essentially are interconnected in the same way that the, the neurons in your brain are connected. As we've matured as an organization, uh, we've essentially built a platform that 
builds from data, builds skill pros, profiles from data, takes that data, enhances it with a, a Q&A platform, and then allows for access through an integration layer into really any piece of software that is API driven that's within the corporate walls. So on the connector side, we learn from over 200, 200 different types of, of software. So we go in, we, we're PIA, PIA compliant, we're GDPR compliant because we only look at public data. So we learn from these connectors. The algorithm, depending on how many connectors an organization wants to use, typically we're looking at documents, we're looking at HRIS systems, we're looking at collaboration systems, potentially uh, specific like Salesforce or JIRA, those types of, of solutions, just to gather as much data on the people within the organization as we can. The algorithm generates the skill profiles, and then through an integration, whether that's Microsoft Teams, whether that's ServiceNow, whether that's Workday, whatever it might be, that, or, or your intranet potentially, whatever way that your organization tends to go look for data and experts, that's where we would put it. And then this, the algorithm continues to learn in real time as your, the, your employees in your organization interact with the platform. So is that enough? Do you want me to go into a little more detail? That was a good, I think that's a good okay. understanding for the audience. So again, we're talking about the skills piece. And yes. the reason I wanted you to, to talk in some specifics there is because it still seems almost like a pipe dream to say, yes, we can understand what the actual skills are of your people. You're like, yeah, okay. Because the, the default we think of is, okay, it's just a, a dumping ground where they can all go and say, okay, I have these skills. We already talked about how that's an issue. We can't just use someone's own perceptions of what they can do because that's not always accurate. We can't use just the perceptions from a manager. So I, I love that you're pulling in from these different sources that are objective, that don't have any you know, bias to them and using those to really build a profile of what people can do and what their capabilities are, because that helps to create a better picture. And again, the more you can add in there, the more layers you can add in there, the better it's going to be um, like Go math there exactly. for a second, but like vectoring, right? One one <laughs> yes. line is hard. Two, you see where they cross. Three, you can yep. see where those three cross, and you can start to get closer and closer approximations of what someone's actual skills are. That works better in a visual environment. We can show you on a slide. I actually have a slide for that. I know you're not surprised about my my uh, <laughs> <laughs> me, me pulling that out in a slide somewhere, but I used that actually in a talk last week to explain how having these different layers and different perspectives and different different sources of data about any individual person and any individual skill can create a really clear picture of what they can do. And sure. it's easy to forget. Sometimes I even forget this. Sometimes we're talking about this. We say someone's skills, but every single skill they have, it's not always a yes, no. Sometimes it's a yes. And how much on this <laughs> spectrum. And a lot of times it's that case. And it's, it's, that makes it, that's what makes it really hard. It's what also really excited me when we had the conversation the first time I got to see the platform, what you guys are doing, because I was excited to think like, we can actually start to solve this problem now. Again, it's not a human thing. We can't do that with humans. We don't have yep. enough. Nobody has <laughs> unlimited budgets to hire a thousand analysts to come here and look at all your skills, but the technology, the AI can actually solve that problem for us and give us a much clearer picture of that. And it's really, it, it yeah. It really excites me. And, and the other side of it is a lot of the stuff we talked about earlier, where a lot of it's self-identifying, a lot of it's manager identifying. Our algorithm works in real time. So as new skills come to people based on interactions, based on new projects, whatever that might be, the algorithm continues to update the skills. So just like the brain, where the brain 
will forget things from third grade science class. <laughs> the brain will, will use time to forget things about certain people. I'm going to go into a more specific example around one of our large customers, Accenture, and this is a, a piggyback, but if a consultant was on a project five years ago implementing an on-prem installation of success factors, and then last year they did a full implementation of uh, Workday Cloud, that the skills from five years ago are certainly relevant, but much less relevant than their skills now around Workday. So our algorithm will also weight skills based on the relevancy and the time, the time series essentially of how close it is to now to weight the level of, of the skill. So it's pretty amazing. I'm, I've been in tech for a while, but to hear the AI team and my CTO talk about what our algorithm does, I'm always just blown away with what we do. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Again, there's so much fun there. So you mentioned Accenture, the work that they're doing. Any other stories, examples, things like that? You want to throw one out there if you don't mind, just to give us some idea of how someone might be using this? Yeah. So just quickly, a little more on Accenture. They use us specifically to staff projects. So we've hooked into four different connectors. And then the fifth one is the calendar. So we, we're able now not only to identify the skills that the consultants have based on the project outline, but we, they're also putting, placing consultants who have availability to different projects down the road. So it's not only aligning skills, but it's helping them staff their projects. In addition, they're, they're able to find information a lot faster. So we've created a true ROI with them, which is exciting. We have uh, a huge customer in the U.S., uh, a large retail bank that I'm not allowed to say publicly, but their biggest uh, problem was uh, not so much on the HR side, but more specifically routing questions to the right experts when it comes to IT and HR help desk. So everyone has FAQs, everyone has an intranet, but they were seeing a significant uptick in ticket generation because people kept coming with the same questions or the question was getting forwarded to the same person over and over again. And with this, based on the skills that we were able to pull from their, just their simple SharePoint that they use from across the entire global help desk, they're now routing questions more intelligently because the skills are identified. And, and this person is the expert in this, and this person is the expert in, in this. So because we have the skills mapped, the questions are then answered faster, which saves them money, uh, significant money in the long run. We're still proving that out, but the initial phase is it's been great. We have a, a huge consulting organization that uses us primarily in Europe from a skills perspective to some of the things we talked about earlier, where they're looking for people to grow with the organization. They've identified people based on the skills that we show them as the, the, the leaders in the organization, the sort of like uh, up and comers uh, and the laggers, and then manage those people the right way to say, hey, we, we see that you ha have abilities here. We really think that this is a good angle for you or a good, a good direction for you to move internally within the organization. And then the, the up and comers, it's the same thing, right? Hey, we want to feed you a little bit more. We want to pair you up with different groups so that you can learn and, and enhance your full skill set. And the laggers, there's coaching conversations there, but for a different reason. But as we're talking in the HR vein here, I thought that, that was pretty relevant. That's okay. But I was going to say, sure. one of the things that occurred to me as you were sharing those things, uh, because you talked about you know, faster responses leading to mm -hmm. you know, cost savings is 
for the people listening to this, many of them work in HR, they work in mm -hmm. talent, they work yeah. in learning. And so we're always looking at problems through that lens of sure. <clears throat> having better skill data may help me to tailor the training or may help me figure out how to do the career mobility piece or who to hire, those kinds of what skills do we not have so we can hire for those. And the thing that I always caution that audience on is we need to be thinking at the same time about the business challenges. Mm -hmm. Hey, we've got a quality issue over here that may can be tied back to skills or we've got an issue. Hey, our, our revenue dropped into this one division. What's going on there that again, maybe tied back to skills, who knows, but until we start digging into it, it's hard to specific, yep. uh, quantify that. Yep. But that's the conversation you start to have when other people invite you in. They say, Hey, we've got a business issue and we need the, we need the, the people who are in charge of talent, the people who are in charge of the, the most valuable resource we have Absolutely. as you started out today talking about the humans in our business. We need those people in the room because they can help us to sort this out and figure out what the issue is and how to solve it using the application of skills, which is how again, every problem gets solved in some form or fashion that way. But if you can do that globally at a higher level, that creates some really great strategic conversations where you can impact the business, not just say we've got a better succession planning you know, approach or a better way of solving this talent challenge, but of solving a real issue that our business leaders stay awake at night worrying about because it, they don't know how else to solve it. Yeah, Ben, you and your listeners, listeners I'm sure, uh, are, are read about this type of stuff all the time, but I read an amazing article. I forget exactly where it was, but it was basically explaining how every company is looking to the future. What does the future look like? What does the future of work look like? What does the day-to-day, -day, what does the technology landscape look like? And all of this is being driven from the CHRO office, right? It, it's all about the people. It's all about the people and what skills they possess and whether or not they can move forward. And, and really companies are the way, and when in the beginning of my career, HR was looked at as a necessary evil. And now it's completely flipped to where HR is the driving force for how companies grow and expand. And the skills really is, is at the center of all that. And, and how the, the CHRO office and, and, and all the talent acquisition and, and, and all the other HR functions, learning and development can truly enhance and feed uh, and make a business work better, right? <laughs> work more efficiently. It, it's that simple. This has been tremendous for me. I've enjoyed this thoroughly. Again, any chance oh. to nerd out on the skills piece, the AI stuff, all those things. This is a, this, as I said, with the, the call that I had this morning with the researcher, this is like candy for me. Um, <laughs> if someone wants to know more about Starmind, the work you guys are doing, the kind of companies you said, you mentioned some of the stories are on the website. If they want to know more about those kind of things. What's the best way to get in touch? Yeah. Two ways. You can go to starmind.ai, uh, starmind, just as it sounds, .ai, uh, for artificial intelligence. Uh, you can learn a lot about our use cases, about some of our customers. There's testimonials. We've got white papers. All that kind of stuff is, is right there for you at your fingertips on the website. If you're looking at having a deeper dive conversation with, with our, either our technical team or just curious more, want to have a more candid conversation, feel free to reach out to me, Eric, E-R-I-C, Storm, like Thunderstorm. Um, <laughs> sorry to say it like that. But Eric Storm, look me up on LinkedIn, shoot me a note, or it's eric.storm at starmind.com. I'm, I'm happy to jump on a call with anyone. I love talking this stuff. Excellent. Wonderful. I really appreciate you, Eric. Your time is valuable, yeah. and I appreciate you spending some, some of it with us today, riffing on this stuff, digging into it. It's been a lot of fun, and I appreciate you, sir. Yeah, Ben, I always love talking to you, and happy to join whenever you want me. Thanks a lot.
wonderful. So everybody else, I hope you got as much out of the conversation as I did. I have a bunch of notes over here and I can't wait to dig back into them and start thinking about how some of these things tie into the other work I'm doing For, to everyone else out there. We'll see you next time. We're on the human. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I'm honored to have you as a listener. If you enjoyed this episode, please take 10 seconds to rate it at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, if you know a friend that could benefit from today's conversation, please pass it their way. After all, a rising tide lifts all ships. To see show notes, sponsor information, and our full show archives, visit OnlyHumanShow.com. 